Welcome to Deeper Dive. I'm your host, Jay Wong. And this uh, podcast is brought to you by Plantation SDA Church. Season 3, episode 44. And, well, I could always call her. I would say Dawn, but now she has a um, four-letter name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> D-W-O-W. Yeah, D-W-O-W. Because... And uh, and and for those who don't know, it's called Dawn Way Out West. Way Out West, yep. <laughs> so she here. <laughs> Good to have you back. I want to thank you for filling in yesterday, uh, last, last uh, podcast. Yes, not a problem. Yeah. Not a problem. You did a wonderful job. Wonderful job. So awesome. we appreciate awesome. you handing in. Yes, so right. guess what? I know. Guess what we have from the past? <laughs> he hasn't been on for quite a while. I think the last yeah. time. He- we interviewed him. It was actually in church. I think it, it was. was. Yeah, yeah. It was. I think yeah. it was. Yeah, it was right there in the pastor's office. I do yeah, remember that's that. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, I like to call him. Um, this is the name I want to call him. He has a nickname. Uh, I'm gonna call him John the Baptist uh, Principal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. He's a voice in the wilderness. He's the one, the, the voice crying, in the wilderness crying out. crying out. Yeah. We want to welcome Principal Rob Stevenson. Welcome. Welcome. Nice to awesome. be here, guys. Nice awesome. to be here. Awesome. It's good to have you. But we also want to thank our podcast listeners for taking the time out. Uh, whatever social media platform that you may have, any sermon-related question you may have, uh, please, um, any of your comments, questions, or concerns to 954-388-8780 via WhatsApp. And as always, let's start off with a word of prayer. Mm-hmm. Father God, we thank you once again, Lord. We thank you for the fact that you are a loving and uh, gracious God. We thank you, Lord, because we're, no wor- we're not worthy in any way, shape, or form. So, Lord, continue to bless us, Lord, that we will continue blessing others, uh, living the Great Commission, Lord, that you were given us so long ago. Continue to bless this podcast, let it go for us, let someone be blessed, and we thank you for this recent sermon, uh, blessings uh, through the principle. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 So, I was really intrigued by your title. Are yeah. children ready to burn? I saw that. I'm like, who is preaching about burning <laughs> children? And then I see you get up there. I'm like, but he doesn't like to burn children. <laughs> he loves no, children. So what made you think of that title? You know, we need to have true faith hmm. that whatever we go through, the Lord's going to guide us. Amen. Yeah. We need to have children who are willing to step into the fiery furnace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and ready mm-hmm. to say, you know, whether my God saves me or not, I'm not, not going to give in to what the world wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what my sermon was about. You know, we, and it's not just our children. We as adults need to say, regardless of what happens, if, if the Lord's going to save me or not, I will step into that furnace because I will not give in to a false... Um, view of of prophecy and what the what's going to end up happening in this world. Um, it, it's a faith journey we all need to be willing to take. But as Christian educators, we need to be committed into giving our children the strength and the relationship with God to make that same decision, whether to be willing to burn for God, mm. whether He saves us or not. In this world, He's preparing us for the next, and we're not going to compromise. Amen. 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 Absolutely. 
I, I, I like to go into the your sermon part about Daniel and uh, I like to call him King Neb. I don't want to give him Nebuchadnezzar, King Neb. And uh, <laughs> I, I like I like the issue about the anger management. I mean, you know, kind of go into that a little bit because that was a good question. He had I love some that. issues. I, I love that. This he man has really some, had some issues. I'm talking about to the core. Yes, right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't like it. Kill them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, 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 I, when, I, when I read a sermon, you know, when I read a Bible story, I, I tend to see it in multi-dimensions mm-hmm. and yeah. look at the individuals involved and, and I think about, you know, what did, they, what did they feel, what did they taste, what did it look like? Mm-hmm. And when I read the Bible, for, for better or for worse, I see it in a, I have a multi-dimensional experience. And so when you when I read a story and you come across a character like Nebuchadnezzar, who mm-hmm. obviously, if he didn't get what he wanted, he threw a tantrum mm-hmm. over and over again. See it in the scripture. You know, he was he was driven, he was directed, and um, if he didn't get what he wanted, he killed people. Yeah. And and so you know he definitely had major anger management issues. He was a man of immense power. He was used to getting his own way. And when he did it, he, he blew a gasket, literally blew a psychological <laughs> gasket and, and heads rolled. Yeah. And so it took a great person to stand up to him and say, listen, Big N, we're not going to do what you want. We're not going to do. And whatever you want to do with it is fine because we don't worship you. Wow. We worship our God, exactly. and He exactly. put us where we're going to be, where where He wants us to be, and and He we're doing what He wants us to do. And if it's not what you want us to do, tough. Well, you know, you know, principal. What was the so? What was so? I mean, yeah, he had anger management, but he also had a little bit of compassion because he did not. He gave his boys a second chance. Yes. I mean, usually he doesn't even do that. He would just say, "Just cut your head off." Yeah. But he had compassion. I want these well, it was more than just compassion in my in my in my um, in my analysis of Nebuchadnezzar. These uh-huh. guys, you got to understand that as young teenagers, which was a few years before, they were ten times more brilliant than his next best advisors. Yeah, so they had value to him. And so he was hoping now that he would be able to save them, not necessarily out of compassion for them, but because of their value to him. Yeah, it benefits him. Yeah. And so he was hoping to salvage this situation by, okay, come on, guys, I'm going to give you a second chance because I really don't want to lose you in my service. And so, you know, let's try this again. Let's try this again. Mm -hmm. And... uh, they still wouldn't back down. Amen for that. Amen. When did we look at the first um, Nebuchadnezzar? Was it Nebuchadnezzar 1? Um, I mean, Daniel 1 or Daniel 2? When he's first thinking about the dream, Daniel 2. He's thinking yeah. about the dream and he's thinking about, you know, um, I have this dream, but I want somebody else to tell me what the dream is. And you see the way that he is so, he's a powerful king. He has everything at his fingertips, literally. I try to equate it with what we go through today and think about it from a Christian element. If we are 
let's say we are in charge of the church or we are in charge of a ministry. And we see that this is the way things have got to go and people have got to rally around us in order to do so, to make this work. And we realize that people are not towing the line. How are we really supposed to behave? I mean, you're the principal of the school. You've got your employees, you've got your teachers, and maybe you see a teacher that's really not doing what they're supposed to do. How do you go about dealing with something like that from a Christian perspective? Well, I've developed a, 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 when I was an early school principal, straight out of University of Southern Mississippi, and I thought I you know, had this whole principal thing figured out. I, 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 I hate to admit this, but I was more of a Nebuchadnezzar-esque administrator. It was like, what do you need to do? It's my vision for what we're going to do, and you all are going to follow me. And, you, and I will tell you that that is not good leadership. Wow. That's not good leadership. Good leadership is, is, is identifying the skills of the people around you and doing everything in your power to help them look good. Not you look good, but help your people to look good. That's actually good leadership, okay? And so, and so Nebuchadnezzar really had a, a stunted group uh, form of, of, of leadership. Um, and it, it, he did not, and even though he recognized the value of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, yeah. it was definitely to serve him rather than him to serve them. So over the years, I have developed an entirely different strategy. And, and, and I will tell you, I've read books by people. In fact, I took over a school in Ohio that was led by a Nebuchadnezzar. And it is wretched taking over a school like that because, wow. because people are, because you, the people underneath a leader like that, their abilities are truly stunted mm -hmm. by the, the minimal perspective of one individual rather than bringing out the best in a team. And so over the years, I've developed a, a, a very different strategy of administration that revolves around bringing the best out of everybody I work for. So if I have a teacher who I feel is, it could do better, mm -hmm. and, um, rather than focusing on their weaknesses, I focus on their strengths. Mm -hmm. And I remind them of their strength on a regular basis, not just verbally, but in letters, in texts, in little st sticky notes I put in their classrooms uh, with, with, uh, with, a, with, a, with a little candy reminding them of how awesome they are. You'll find that you will get much better results focusing on the positives of what people are capable of rather than the negatives. Because then what happens if you are a true leader, they will want to then live up to your highest expectations. Amen. Not as a result of threats or coercion, but simply because this leader who I admire, I want, don't want to let down. And if they think I'm that good, then I need to be that good. Mm. And so, Nebuchadnezzar had, had, had a very negative, not, not a leadership style we should want to emulate. Yep. No, no. I'm just, I'm just glad you didn't end up eating grass. You know, I, 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 I'm a vegan. I eat a lot of grass anyway. So. 
<laughs> wow. Don't tell people that pasta. Um, people say that about vegans anyway. We don't eat grass. Okay. No, we don't. Enjoy, enjoy the grass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, I, um, I, I want to ask you a question. Um, how how do you go to? Uh, you know, I, I saw you say how you encourage the students have their little tests because I mean the sermon was about the tests. Um, mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is, is that parents with the children the challenge with the children, and mm -hmm. that, that's a test for them in a way. How do you encourage that? Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a couple of things also, and I do the same thing with my students that I do with my staff. Mm -hmm. I make sure that they know that I believe in them 100%, okay? Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, that, and, and it really helps a lot. Like when a student comes to my office because they have been misbehaving in the classroom, the mm -hmm. last office they want to come to is mine. Uh -huh. Okay, not because of how mean I'm going to be to them, because I'm seldom very mean to my students, but because they know that if they've been misbehaving in class, they've let Mr. Stevenson down because Mr. Stevenson thinks they're the best students in the whole wide world. Yeah. And so now they have to come into my office and admit today, I wasn't the best student in the whole wide world. So then the discussion we have is, what can we do to help you meet the expectation of being the best student in the whole wide world. So they, they become, they, they, so, so rather than it's me telling them, it's us working together to achieve a goal. Right. Okay. Um, so, so, so there's that, there's that level. The next level is I'm, I, I, I have, I do most of the chapel services at my school. Okay. So, A, a, what, what you saw in my sermon at church, they get a mini version every single Friday. Wow. Okay, where they are encouraged, encouraged every single Friday to recommit their hearts to Jesus Christ and be willing to do whatever he says, even if it doesn't make sense at the time, because that's how we build our faith. And in different ways, with different stories, with, 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 different, with, with different parables from the Bible, I reinforce that with my students every single Friday. Mm. Mm. That's encouraging. And, uh, I, I see why. Single, and then every single morning, I do the worship for my staff. Mm -hmm. I do mm. the worship. I come to work an hour early every single day to spend it in prayer for my students and my staff and come up with an original worship thought with my staff as we work through the Bible. Right now we're working through the book of James. If you've ever read the book of James, yeah. short book, short book, yeah. pack, pack, every yeah. single yeah. verse yeah. is a yeah. challenge yeah. going through. You know, we, it takes us a week just to work through one chapter. We're in James chapter five right now. Wow. And uh -huh. so I challenge my staff so that they're equipped to challenge the students, so that I'm equipped to challenge them on Friday. And so they're getting a consistent message throughout the week that challenges and be ready to step into conflict for the sake of God, but stay true to what they believe. They hear it every single day. My staff hears it every single day and every single Friday. They get a double dose of me so that they get a double dose of Jesus Christ is my hope, so that 
they will be ready because we're not living in a time where we can where we can 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 live on the fence. Those days, if they ever existed, are long over. Hmm. Well, I, apparently, I can see you do have the world's greatest job. <laughs> I do, absolutely do. So, Don, Don, you want to become a teacher? I've been there, done that. <laughs> no, but I, I want to go. I want to go. I, I like his fundamentals. There's no Nebuchadnezzar. But, uh, you know, be a, be a teacher. Because yeah. he's having fun. I mean, look, this is the guy that's officially called the the, the Chico Monster. Yes. I know, right? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about, let's go back to children ready to burn. Yeah. In your experience, have you seen the spirituality of our children increasing or decreasing? I have unfortunately over the years, I, I started I started my journey in education. That's a long time ago. As the mm. boy and, and, and assistant pastor on the Navajo reservation. And I've been all over the United States and I have unfortunately seen our children becoming less perceptive and the quality of the DNA coming through the door less capable, especially since technology has been entered into the homes. Mm. Um, the last time I saw intellectually and spiritually truly superior children was in the early to mid 1990s. Kids were actually becoming bigger, better, stronger, smarter. But if I had my way, if I could run a school any way I would run it, if I would run a home any way I could run it, I would get all modern technology out, period. It's not helping our children. It's not helping our families. It's not bringing us closer, closer to God. It is actually cre creating a huge issue. The majority of the intelligence in the world now that our children have is not in their heads. They access it on a computer. Wow. That's true. And, and so we're putting less into our children's heads and creating a larger dependency, a dependency. And whenever there's dependency, you're in trouble, a larger dependency on technology. Hmm. For instance, parents don't read to their children anymore. Yeah. Okay, they give them a tablet and say, listen to this. Um, so, so rather than the way I raised my children, where I literally lay in bed with one children on one arm, one on the other, and I read to them Bible stories, that doesn't happen anymore. And we wonder why our children are less literate. I was reading Bible stories to my children prenatally, okay? When they were six months old in the womb, I was reading... Bible stories to my children before they were born, so that after they were born, they already were used to their father's voice and wanted to hear my voice to read Bible stories to them. People don't do that anymore. My children are, by the way, my children are doing that to their children, but most children are, do not have that experience in mm -hmm. life. You, you see children going through grocery stores with their parents' phone in their hands while yeah. they're going to the grocery because as parents, we give that to our children to keep them quiet mm. rather than training them. Mm. 
And you, so you, it is becoming more and more challenging for us to educate children um, because they're coming to us um, addicted to technology and not used to thinking them for themselves. Because one of the one of the things that technology does is it does the thinking for us, which means yeah. we're no longer trained to think. And so it, it's working on a societal group thing. That most of the people who work in Silicon Valley yeah. pay huge money to put their children in school that is technology free. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. Because they know the poison that they're peddling and they know the effect it has on children. Um, you know, I have my son committed at this point. I've, I've got a, the cutest little grandson. He's almost two years old. Mm. And he is committed to not exposing him to video games. So I told my son, the one thing I would change as a father in raising you, my son, is that I would have never exposed you or allowed you to have video games. Yeah. Maybe it's okay to go play it at a friend's house. But in our house, would have been a game free. And he recognizes that it's a problem. Mm. And so he has, he has gotten rid of all the games, all of that stuff out of the house raising his son in a much more simpler way. So my grandson, praise God, is being raised better than what my son was raised. But Amen. most of us, we hire the video, we bring in the video games because it keeps them busy. We know where they are and they're not playing in the park and they're not raiding their bicycles and they're not making friends. They're just online constantly. And it is destroying children. It is literally destroying their minds. Yeah. I had another question, a follow-up question. Um, when I read the history of Vince's education, I realized that a lot of the history started with the children actually doing things with their hands outside. Do you see that that has been taken out of Adventist education now? And how do you think that we can bring that back? Okay. Um there, there was a, a little bit of a gap in your question, uh, in your connection. So yeah. Okay. So let me repeat my question for you. When I look at the history of Adventist education, it shows that the children were required to do things with their hands. Yes. They had some kind of farming, some kind of thing. I don't see that with a lot of Adventist schools these days. How do you think that we can bring that back to our Adventist schools? Okay. Yes. Um, working, working with your hands and, and being able to fix things is vital. And I, I was fortunate enough that I went, I, I personally attended high schools at Andrews Academy and then at Cedar Lake Academy in Michigan, where they had a tremendous hand, hands-on program. But one of the things we do, and we're doing it at Sawgrass, we have limited um, land availability, but we actually have a raised bed on the opposite side of the school from the main entrance on the opposite side, where our fourth graders are learning how to grow food. Awesome. Mm, yeah. So, so there are ways we can do it. We've got to be willing to give up on some of our landscaping, put in raised beds and teach our children how to grow food and, awesome. and how to get their hands dirty and not be afraid to get their hands dirty and consider mm. it good to get your hands dirty. Mm. Um, you know, uh, when I was a high school Bible teacher, I, I would actually have them be able to to label all the different parts on a car engine and tell me what they did. And then I taught them all, boys and girls, how to change your own oil. My daughter could do an oil change in a car when she was six years wow. old. Wow. Nice. She the car with her dad, 
doing an oil change, okay? Nice. And my son, obviously the same thing, five, six years old, under the car with dad, understood where it was. My, my, my daughter right now has more, more and, and, and I hope my son-in-law doesn't see this, but she's better able to fix things than her husband is. And her wow. husband's a great guy, he's a good guy, he's a good Christian man, don't get me wrong. Okay, I, I, but, but he will admit that my daughter knows how to fix things and works with her hands. Started Some of it that does fall in the hands of the parents, but in schools, we need to teach those practical things as well. And so we're trying to incorporate that as much into the program as we can. One of the battles we're facing, however, is because of, of, of technology circumventing proper learning in the home, we're having to spend twice as much time on literacy in school than we mm. had to years ago. Okay. Mm. Technology is destroying the literacy, literacy ability in children. Okay, and so that's taking away some of that hands-on stuff. But the other thing that I'm working on, because I'm working on a new high school for Broward County, is in order to graduate from that high school program, our students will Okay. For instance, if you want to sell real estate, you go, go to college for real, real estate, you actually study and take an exam and get your certificate in real estate sales, mm -hmm. right? Okay, mm -hmm. if, you, if the person at the bank who you write a loan with, the loan officer at a bank, he didn't go to college for that, that's a certificate that he did online and passed the certificate program. If you go to a car insurance place, the person who helps you fill out your car insurance policy, either on e either online or, or at the office who signs off on it, they had to get a certificate to do that. Um, my my son-in-law, he's just finished his bachelor's degree, but before he got his bachelor's degree, he had three basic uh, security certificates that allowed him to get a job at Wright Patterson Air Force Base, base making $100,000 a year. No college degree, three certificates. And so one of the things that we can do is, and th this is using technology in a positive way, is give our students opportun opportunities before they graduate from high school to have real life hands-on certificates that they can use to make a living before they're done. My, the employer that my son was working for already paying him $100,000 a year paid for him to finish his bachelor's degree. So he wow. finished his bachelor's degree debt free while he was making $100,000 a year. We nice. need to give our students those kinds of paths to success. Mm -hmm. um, in Broward that we're busy working on with Florida Conference, they will not just get their high school diploma, but they will graduate with real life, hands-on certificate programs that'll make it possible for them to be successful. So That's there awesome. are ways we can do it, um, um, but very few schools have the traditional auto shop facilities that they had in the United States that were standard in most high school programs, Adventist or not, back in the 50s, 60s, and even the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're raising people that are stunted, um, and you are definitely at an advantage, especially with the cost of labor right now, if you can fix your own car, it literally saves you $110 an hour in Broward County, if you can mm. fix your own car. That's awesome. So, yep. That's awesome. Well, Don, I don't have any more. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I'm I'm, done. I'm, I want to see if I can get his daughter to help with the oil change in my car. <laughs> she, she'll do a good job for you. Guaranteed. Awesome. Uh, you have anything else, Don? No. No. 
Do you have anything else, Donna? No. Um, I don't I, have wait, before we finish, I want to thank you. Okay, thank you. I wanted to um, just acknowledge this, this Sawgrass teachers that you acknowledge. Um, that was on Ministry uh, Sabbath, and um, the video presentation was wonderful. Um, also, thank you to the sound and worship team. You know, thanks for the hard work they've done through the pandemic. They were talking about Bible study. That was wonderful. I like that. Yes. Little Matthew and David Goliath. I love that. I love that. We need to see more of that. I like that. Yeah. But um, uh, Principal Stevenson, I want to thank you for taking the time out, for letting us know that you are still engaged as you always been with the students. Continue to have your family being blessed. And I like one sermon. I want to. I want to mention one sermon you spoke about having electronics um, not at the table at your household. Yes, I remember that sermon very well. Nothing was at your table, and you all spoke about your problems and issues of the day. So I appreciate that sermon. That's what we need to get back to. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. I do appreciate that. So if you don't mind, we'll ask you to lead us out in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity to have uh, this discussion. I just pray, Lord, please, that we'll all be re ready to step into the fire if we're asked to, to stand for you no matter what, that in these last days, that everybody, everybody recognizes in the last days, Christians and atheists alike, that we are ready for you when you come to take us home, that we will look into the leaders of the world and say, we will never bow to anybody but the one true God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so Pastor uh, uh, Principal Stevenson, don't go in the archives. We need to see you more often. You know what? Just have me preach more often. I'd be happy to do nah. it. <laughs> no problem. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. Mm -hmm. You too. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And uh, just remember to listen to Principal Stevenson's full sermon. Please go to Plantation SDA Church YouTube channel or simply go to PlantationSDA.tv. And also you subscribe to YouTube channel to be notified of all upcoming live, uh, live streams and programs. And once again, Don, you know the rest, Don. We have to like that <laughs> that video. Like Gotta it. Gotta hit that button, man. One. Gotta hit that like and button. Sub and subscribe. Definitely. Absolutely. Got that right. Yeah. So what's up next? Well, you have a birthday that has to be talked about. So I think you need to talk about that birthday. And then I can do the other birthday. Because <laughs> that's an important birthday. Whose birthday? Whose birthday is it? You tell me. Hmm. Wait a minute. The first? Yeah. Whose birthday is it the first? <laughs> I, I'm glad this is a podcast. <laughs> Whose birthday? I don't know. You tell me. What birthday do I, we need to add to the list? Well, I know you have to add my son. Oh, when is his birthday? It was on the 25th. Oh, on the 25th of October. So we missed yeah, his birthday. A, a certain elder, a certain elder. A certain elder, yes, has the same birthday, Mr. Mozart Porcina. So that was his birthday <laughs> on October the 25th. Josie yes. has her birthday on November the 1st, along with Antonio Anderson. And oh, Antonio. Amy, yes, Antonio. And Amy that sang for us so beautifully or every time she comes here has her birthday on November the 5th 
Okay. Happy birthday and we, God's blessings to all of our birthday celebrants. All right, we got it. We got it. We got to give a shout out for that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's everything. Yes, it is. And Don, I want to thank you once again for being a co-pilot, pilot, everything else you need to do way out west. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. God bless. God bless everybody. <laughs>